everyone, you're listening to Power Bombs and Pile Drivers, a wrestling appreciation podcast. I am your host, Chris Cook. I am flying solo again. I do promise soon, Stereo Mike will be here. He is not a figment of my imagination. <laughs> he will be a guest on this show. Um, just haven't been able to sit up the time with him. Um, that's also mostly because I've been doing these kind of impromptly, like right now. Um, and unlike our v- most recent episode looking at uh, the the life and career of Mike Awesome, uh, today will be a shorter episode, um, but it is about the most current of subjects um, with wrestling, at least so far on the show. Now, at this point, the story is two weeks old, but it is also ever-changing. Um and the situation is still evolving, and that's kind of why I've been hesitant to talk about it. Um, because right now there's just a lot of speculation uh, in the wrestling fear- sphere. Um, you could you can believe the the dirt sheets and the online reporting uh, from people like Keller and uh, Meltzer, um, but. At times, you do have to take that with a grain of salt, and there's still not a lot of absolutely official things uh, that have come out of the come out of what we're going to talk about. Um, there's just a lot of speculation, and then the dirt sheet saying this is official, but I mean, until it comes out from the parties involved, nah, son. Um, so if you couldn't tell by the image. Uh, we're kind of talking about the awkward situation, um, with AEW and CM Punk. Um, now it was minorly interesting just because I think with AEW, most of the audience are what like you could call like smart marks. Um, and that can get used disparagingly, but I think it's fair that the average viewer of AEW, or at least a huge portion of the audience, um, are people that do pay attention to the inside lingo, and they're watching the -the behind-the-scenes documentaries, and they're on the news sites, and they're paying attention to everything. Um, But there are are people who watch it, uh, I'd say a small amount, that aren't aware of what happened. So, let's let's break that down. Former champion (laughs) CM Punk at a press conference after the recent all-out pay-per-view, coincidentally one year into his run and one year into his return to professional wrestling, went scorched earth on on his current employer, on his company, uh, on a number of the executives, including uh, executives slash wrestlers Matt and Nick Jackson, uh, the Young Bucks, as well as Kenny Omega, uh, also known as the Elite. And if you're in the know on wrestling and you're wondering why am I breaking it down this much, it's because, well, heck, I know at least one person who listens to this who has no idea who these people are. <laughs> so I'm breaking it down for you, buddy. Um, and you know who you are. Um, yeah, so... Let's give a little bit of background information and kind of what prompted this episode is a conversation I had with somebody who just kind of 
started hearing about this who's not really interested in wrestling, but it is a very fascinating story. Um, and it's one where I'm like, man, I wish this was a wrestling storyline. But it's it really sadly doesn't seem to be. And the moment to strike would have been it. It's it's going to be passed. Um, so let's set the stage um, at the press conference right after winning the AEW championship for the second time, uh, because this is his first time after winning it uh, earlier this year, CM Punk became injured. Um, during that, he was feuding with uh, former champion Hangman Adam Page, and Punk felt Page, uh, to use wrestling terminology, went into business for himself uh, when he said, I need to protect this championship and this company from people like you. And Punk took exception to that. So after winning the championship, Punk was injured. Uh, they did an interim championship uh, won by the flag bearer of AEW and you could argue Mr. AEW, John Moxley. Um, he was the interim champion. Uh, Punk came back. They set up the match. Uh, Punk lost uh, the original match to Moxley and then won it back on the pay-per-view uh, the following week. Um, but... <laughs> Between that time, uh, after Punk originally lost the week before, uh, the following week, the week leading up to All Out, uh, Punk came out. And during the Mike Awesome episode, I referenced like a shoot and a work shoot. Um, and Punk was, uh, there were elements of both in, in his promo. Punk taking shots at Eddie Kingston, uh, the shopping like, you're not even the... Uh, third best uh eddie i've ever worked with uh and i i did not the second best maybe the second best kingston like that it's hard to tell with punk and eddie kingston if it's actually beef or if it's just working because eddie kingston seems to have beef with everyone um but he's also constantly working so it could be the case of that one could just be them playing up their their adversarial relationship. Uh, that's the, to the point with them. You're not sure. Um, but then Punk's uh, called out Hangman Page knowing he wasn't on the show just to burn him, uh, just to burn him in front of the audience and give him a receipt um, and mock his, uh, mock his aesthetic, mock his character, and mock him as a person. Um, that was a shoot. So the Kingston part was a work shoot, the uh, potentially a work shoot. The Moxley part was done in shoot style, but it was a work to hype the match. But uh, Punk just full on shot at Adam Page. Um, so that was the weird part one where you're like, oh, oh, damn. Because uh, this wasn't building to to a storyline, which is a shame because uh, that's when work shoots can be done well. And that's when people who don't e like even when wrestlers don't like each other, um, i.e. a punk and Kingston earlier, like late last year, they had a great mini program where it was definitely like felt like shoot energy. But I mean, neither of them took actual physical liberties with each other. 
that wasn't going to happen with Punk and Page. So that's where you're like, oh man, this, uh, all right, that's tense. Hopefully there'll be a follow-up. Um, and that's the thing. Like if the wrestlers are professional, even if they don't get along and they can sustain that, that, that heat, bro, um, then you can like still get people hyped for hype for the match, hype for a story, sell some tickets and like tell so do some good wrestling and tell a good story. That wasn't, but that wasn't seemingly the follow up with a uh, punk and page. So that happened on Wednesday before all out. Then we get to all out punk beats Moxley and wins the AEW uh, world heavyweight championship which is a gorgeous belt, by the way. At some point, I'm going to do probably on Instagram or something, just like some of my favorite belts. Like, I'd love to do a podcast about it, but it's really hard to do that without the visual part. Uh, I still might, but, you know, there you go. That would be me getting really wrestling nerdy. Um, anyways, so Punk uh, beats Moxley in the match, uh, wins the championship, and then afterwards... There's a bit of a, a press conference and the photo for this episode is from that. And, uh, pun intended just cause AEW, it was, it was awkward. And I, I felt bad for, I, I felt and still do feel bad for, uh, for company owner, uh, Tony Khan, um, who was sit next, who was sat next to punk. Um, cause punk went scorched earth. Like he did not hold anything back. None of these were to build up stories. Uh, he addressed it, addressed a long simmered and speculated on situation with a former, former best friend and cohort, um, Colt Cabana. Uh, he, he just called him Scott. Uh, I can't Scott Colton, I think. Um, because when Punk left WWE back in 2014, Punk aired his grievances on uh, Cabana's podcast. And then they were eventually involved in a lawsuit with um, WWE, uh, both of them. And then after that, they had a fallout over legal expenses. Um, and both uh, this was, I believe, the first time Punk addressed his side of the story very publicly. Mm -hmm. Very scorched earthy. And this is where you get into some of the speculation. Um, because Colt was involved in AEW. Uh, he hadn't, I don't think he had been on TV even the in the month prior to uh to punk to punk arriving. Um, but there was speculation that if punk showed up, then that means uh Colt would be gone. Now, uh Tony Khan also purchased the company ring of honor. So there was a lot of speculation that Colt was being moved to ring of honor and uh punk even addressed that. And he's like, I had nothing to do with it now to a degree. I believe him. Uh, and by to a degree, I mean, I just, I, I do believe him. I know other people won't. Um, but to me, just because I'm like, well, that speculation of cabana going to ring of honor makes sense. Like he was known with Ring of Honor. He wasn't really doing much in AEW. Um, and he's got a sizable name, and Ring of Honor will need those. So that that makes sense. So 
but the internet being the internet latched on to that. Um, the executive producers um, who Punk then went up scorched earth on as well um, are people who have taken Caban aside in, in that thing and in this whole thing. Uh, so then CM Punk name drops, uh, Matt Jackson, or didn't even name drop him, but you knew who they were talking. He, he was clearly talking about them. Uh, and they had just won the, the new trios championships, um, which if you're listening to this and you don't know what rest, uh, what trios are, um, some wrestling, there's tag teams. And then you could also call them six man tags, but, the popular term, especially coming from Mexico, and then it's been adapted and uh, heavily in Japan and other uh, other places is trios. Uh, so it's it's basically a six man tag team, uh, six man tag team match. So three man team. So it's the best three man team. They get this trios championship that the elite, aka also the executive producers, just won earlier that night. Um, so this press conference is. It's fascinating. It's hella interesting, but it's also very, very awkward. Um, <laughs> and Tony Khan's just kind of sitting there and he's in a tough spot. And at points, he's kind of nodding along. I don't think it means he agrees. We all do things when we're uncomfortable. <laughs> I'll laugh and make jokes when I'm anxious and uncomfortable. Uh, so I believe it could have been that. And he's in a tough spot because if he shoots down or calls off a press conference in the middle of it, that's awkward and a bad look and iffy. But also letting your champion just rip on other people is also um, not a good look. So it was a bad news bear situation. Now, there's speculation that this has been pre-planned. I really don't think so. And the reason I say that is because where's the payoff going to be? Um, it's not coming. Uh, it doesn't make sense for it to be pre-planned with the fallout uh, that happened. So after that press conference, uh, Punk had also said like, hey, instead of talking crap and he was talking about Jackson's and uh, Omega, like just come talk to me like men, basically. And then after that, the three of them did go to his locker room and a fight broke out. <laughs> like a, a fight broke out. Uh, Punk punched one of the Jacksons. He uh, evidently uh, from the limited amounts of everyone's story involved. It seems like Punk threw the first punch. Um, another producer in the company, but a match producer, uh, not an executive, was involved. Ace Steel, who was a Punk's trainer and longtime friend. Um, apparently his wife was there and uh, like Ace saw Red and threw a chair and bit somebody. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just... It's bad. <laughs> like there's there's no way no other way of putting it. Uh it's it's bad. Um when three executives, your your champion, one of your your match producers, and several other wrestlers are involved in a sudden like actual fight backstage. Now they're uh, immediately after, 
there were a number of suspensions handed out. Um, the so Christopher Daniel, uh, others involved were uh, wrestler Christopher Daniels, Pat Buck, Brandon Cutler, and Michael Nakazawa. Um, they were suspended because it was sus- it was assumed they were involved as well. Um, but if the conjectures to be believed their suspensions, if they're not already lifted or soon to be, there's been investigations into it. And it's like, no, these guys were just trying to pull apart the brawl, uh, that happened. Um, CM Punk, Ace Steel, uh, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega all were suspended, um, immediately after on the dynamite right after so last week what last week wednesday um tony khan in actually his best on-screen appearance um they didn't address the fight it was just kind of and this is where i think it's okay now people who didn't watch were uh, people who didn't know about it which i think with the AEW audience are are fewer um wouldn't know what's going on. So that might've been confusing because at the start of the show, you're finding out that your trios championships have been stripped from the previous holders or, and are about to be uh, put on the line crown new champions in the match. And that the world champion uh, championship has been vacated and a tournament is being put up to decide. So when it's stuff like that, and it's not an angle being built towards a payoff match, that's where I don't think this is a worked shoot. I don't think this was like pre-planned or predetermined. Uh, we've got stuff like that going on with MJF, um, but I don't think they're doing that with Punk as well because where's the story going? Also, it broke right after that not only had Punk been stripped of the title, um, he also got injured in the match with Moxley. And he's going to be out, I believe, six to eight months, possibly longer. So this is where you kind of get to the elephant in the room. Um, Punk, as much as like, I'm a fan of the guy. I like, I love his, I love his wrestling. I love his work and the persona. Um, Seems to be quite divisive in the, in the locker room. Um, especially when you just scorcher three of the executives and founders of the company. Um, so I think, and the tricky thing is like punk is a, he is a, a sensation. Um, he does draw eyeballs. He does bring money. Um, if this were a storyline, it brought it, it did bring in fans, I'm talking to friends who weren't into wrestling and they're like, what's going on with all this? Um, which partially inspired this episode, but it's, this isn't uh, as much as I wish it were. So, uh, this isn't a storyline. This is, uh, curmudgeon punk yelling, old man yelling at cloud. Um, I'm not sure if he is brought back, if he should, be the world heavyweight champion again, partially because of the behavior, but also because at this point, 
both times he's been given the championship, he's unfortunately been injured right after. He is getting older, and I know age isn't, like, this isn't to be the age conversation. But if his body isn't as reliable now as it used to be, like, when you're the marquee guy, they're not only building weekly shows around you, it's the monthly pay-per-views, and it's selling pay-per-views down the line to advertisers to get advertisements and all that. It's the business sense of it. I'm not sure it would be justifiable um, to make Punk the champion again. Um, I also think Tony Khan's got to figure out if it's worth keeping him. If it's going to divide the locker room, if it's going like, and it, it's wrestling. Like anybody who's ever paid uh, like attention to any of the stuff, stories from wrestlers and people in that world, those like, yeah, it's not always harmonious. There, there's ego. There's some politics. There's uh, testosterone and <laughs> all that jazz. Um, like it's not always going to be like hunky dory harmony, but it can't be starting a fight with your executives. It can't be scorch earthing your company unless it's like approved and planned as a storyline, which everything shows so far. Now, I, I could be wrong. And if it comes out later, cool, then I'm wrong. But right now, everything is showing that this wasn't planned. And I'm not going to you could say it was punk going into business for himself. I'm not sure that applies, though, because uh, the aim wasn't here to do a storyline to sell some tickets. Uh, that page one was a receipt. Um, so that part made sense. But the swing at the Bucks and Omega, um, it's all awkward. And with Punk injured, this can't go to a storyline. If... I'm not sure if they I, I hope they're able to bury the hatchet. I'd love for him to be able to stay. But even if they bury the hatchet, I'm not sure this could be a salvageable storyline because it's going to be hard to rekindle the natural fire and intrigue that's going on right now because of the situation in eight or so months when uh, when Punk is healthy and back. So while he's while he's suspended, I think he needs to figure out if he's wanting to play ball, if he can play ball, or if he's too curmudgeony now. Because as great of a wrestler as he is, he's always been kind of a dick. <laughs> like just just being real. Um he needs to figure out if he can play well. And I think Tony Khan needs to figure out if things aren't salvageable with the other guys. Like, do I need to let this one go? Like, do I need to let him go to keep a harmonious locker room? So it's going to be interesting to see where things go. Uh, like I said, I wish this was a storyline because if it was, it would be building. It could be an awesome story in the ring. Um, and on and on the microphone, AEW does well with stories and blurring the lines. Like I said, uh, Punk 
does work to shoot really, really well. You've got that a bit throughout many of his feuds in AEW, uh, but this isn't one of them. And with him being injured, the story's got nowhere to go. Um, and it's just kind of awkward. On the side, it's led to a great uh, groundswell of support for John Moxley, um, the former Dean Ambrose. And part of me wishes, and I've seen others online on like uh, wrestling Reddit uh, and Twitter be like, man, they should have just kept the title on Moxley. <laughs> Moxley has to retain at the pay-per-view. But he gave a hell of a promo on the Dynamite following. Uh, testament to uh, Mark, uh, I think it's Marty Jacob Friedman, uh, MJF. Um, he uh like his pivot for the planned storyline uh continuation of the story with him and punk punk the pivot to uh mox was great and friedman is an amazing talent so aw is in an exciting direction but it's it's also very awkward right now <laughs> so anyways i just kind of wanted to give my two cents and also address why i hadn't addressed it sooner um i hope this was interesting for you guys um I do want to do more modern stuff. I don't want to always just do career retrospectives and all that, but those are also fun too. And it also gives the chance to be like, hey, let's get the most factual about this that we possibly can. Uh, for example, like there will be an NWO episode coming uh, without my voice cracking like eight levels high. And there's been a lot of like common misconception, I'd say, where it's like, oh, it, well, it was just ripping off New Japan. Uh, there's commonalities, but it's also been years since the person who presented the idea, Eric Bischoff, has also on the record numerous times stated that no, the inspiration wasn't Japan. It was about people who had been treated poorly in WCW who became stars elsewhere now coming back and being like, screw you guys. And that makes sense. And you can see that logic flowing with who he casted in the NWO. Um, but it's still easily reported. And it was a thing WWE latched onto with their revisionist history. Um, so I like being able to give as much like information as possible and credit to both sides and present both arguments as possible. And with the punk situation, it's still very early where we're not sure what's going on. Uh, like every day there's a new rumor, like, Oh, he'll be like, aside from the injury, like the suspension will be lifted tomorrow. And then the very same day from the, from also very quote, reputable sources quote, um, like, no, he's fired. And it's only a matter of time until they publicly address it. And it, it's a done deal. So I that's where I hesitate to talk about some new stuff but or modern stuff, but we will. At some point, I do want to have the conversation. Uh, the, the Vince McMahon awkward elephant in the room conversation about WWE in a post-Vince world and what that can shape up to be, what it's so far shaping up to be, and where it could go. Um, all that being said, if... Uh, by the time you're listening to this, Rampage might be done. Uh, but if not, I hope you enjoyed this week's Rampage. I won't get the chance to watch it, um, but I look forward to reading the recaps and watching as soon as I can. Um, 
I look forward to enjoying some wrestling, and I hope you do as well. Uh, AW Dark has been dope lately. I've also been getting the chance to revisit some uh, some All Japan Women's uh, Pro. Um, nope, that's wrong because it's All Japan Pro Wrestling, but it was the All Japan Women's League from the late 80s into the early 90s is phenomenal. And I've been getting to watch some of those uh, some of those matches um, recently and uh, dipping uh, dipping into some early Noah as well. So, yeah, all that being said, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you're new to wrestling, I hope it explains some of the stuff that's going on um, without getting too, too, too fanboyish and all that. Um, and all that being said, have a wonderful day and enjoy some wrestling. Take care, my friends. Peace.